Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Growing Up is Overrated podcast. My name is Jen, and I'm here with my friend and co-host, T. It is not uncommon to live with your parents as a young adult, especially during the pandemic. Rent is expensive, jobs are hard to find, and other factors can contribute to making this choice. But when you live with your parents as an adult, you start to notice aspects of their living style that clash with yours. Today, we will discuss how we deal with these disparities in our lifestyles. Now, into the podcast. Hi, T. How's it going? Hello, Jen. I'm well. How are you? <laughs> oh, you know, life is living. Watching out my windows. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm glad to not be covered in snow now. Um, and I have 75 degree weather before I start into working life. Um, so I... Um, I'm excited about that. <laughs> wow, but, dropping yeah. that bombshell right at the beginning, just, aren't you? <laughs> just dropping the, the the beginning. Yes, I um I am done with my job search, um, and I'm very excited, um, to be done with that. And so yeah, I've been kind of nesting in a sense and moving around my office again and doing all of that. And I um, you know, watching all my anime <laughs> before um. <laughs> I might be too tired to do any of that. So, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Life, spring, spring is bringing good things. 2021 is bringing good things. And I'm happy about it. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited for you. You finally did it. <laughs> it's finally <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, it has me really thinking a lot about, um, I don't know, just the way that I, I want to be living, moving in the future, and like, you know, just a lot of my my more immediate goals, uh, my more short term goals of you know eventually moving out whenever that happens, and um, you know, how I want my kitchen to be, and like, <laughs> you know, apartment hunting, and even though I'm not actually like seriously doing it, probably for a few months, but like. Um, I, I've definitely been thinking a lot about the way that I want to live in my adult lifestyle. And it's started to bring up a lot of um, difficulties in my relationships at home um, because I am still living with my parents. <laughs> um, yeah. I so, mean, I'm in, a very, I'm in a very similar boat, as right. you know, um, where I'm employed in a different city from where I live, and I'm eventually, eventually going to move. Um, I'm apartment hunting uh, all the time on my apps, just for fun, because um, mm. I'm not going to move yet. Sometimes but, we do that together. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we're both looking at apartments and talking to each other about the apartments <laughs> we find, which is fun. Um, so yeah, we're, bo- we're both very into real estate, just browsing um, at the moment. and And yeah, I'm looking at you know, my lifestyle and how that clashes with my parents. And I don't want to sound ungrateful because yeah, definitely not. I do appreciate everything that my parents are doing for me. Like they're letting mm-hmm. me stay at home rent free, yes. which I know that is very lucky to have a place that yes. I can live rent free. Um, they're currently paying for my food, which is very, very nice of them because they don't need to do that. 
but they do. And so I'm very thankful for all that they've provided for me, but I'm just like living with them is not always easy. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it become it's a power battle, right? So it's, you know, it's, um, everything we say today is not out of um, ungratefulness for what we have because we recognize our privilege um, and that, you know, it's a privilege to have a, to have parents who um, are one able to provide for you in this way into your adulthood life um, or adult life. (laughs) And, um, you know, and then to uh, have them be, kind enough to continue to extend their house to you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've, I have, like, I've been buying my own food <laughs> since I was at 18 because I wanted to, because um, I have very different ideas of nutrition. Like, nutrition is part of um, my degree program that I did, and so I'm very into nutrition and all of that. And so I buy my food out of definitely out of choice, but um also kind of out of necessity just because of our financial situations. But um yeah, I I I'm definitely grateful for what they provide to us, but it it does become a power battle as you grow older. And you start to see this as you're a teenager, right? Like you fight with your parents a lot as a teenager. Well, most people do. I don't, (laughs) I don't know anybody who doesn't, but it's because you're trying to find your boundaries, right? You're trying Mm -hmm. to, you're trying to grow your responsibility and they're trying to manage your (laughs) responsibility. Like they're trying to like, like, okay, don't grow up too fast. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, sometimes people have situations where it's flipped where um, the parents are, are like, okay, you need to start taking responsibility for this. And then the, the, their child is like, who's an adult? <laughs> mm-hmm. Is like, um, well, I don't really want to, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But because of this, we're trying to expand into, you know, it's not an, it's not an overly critiquing thing of like, wow, my parents, you know, don't, don't do anything, right? How did they even live to this age? It's not anything like that. It's more of a, and I'm going to choose to make this a lesson for myself through their actions. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's not, we're not trying to be com- complaining um, just for complaining's sake. We're trying to take what we have observed that we don't enjoy about our parents' lifestyle and apply that to our own life as we grow. And that's not necessarily saying that the way they live is bad. It's just that we want something different. Yeah, it's just different. Mm-hmm. And, like, boundary setting is important when you're an adult and you live with your parents. And I'm not the best example of this. I don't have a lot of boundaries. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I basically still live in this house like I did when I came home for summers when I was a college student. Um, yeah, you which know, is very different to- from how, how I am. <laughs> but yeah yeah i mean like i still feel like i am a child in this house and that doesn't particularly bother me right now i am only 23 um it like i'm not that much older than i was when i came home for summers in college um you know so yeah yeah i mean 
I don't know. I, I'm somebody who really loves having independence. Um, that's something I really value. And so from a young age, I've always been like, hey, like, you know, I think I'm responsible enough to stay home by myself before my brothers were, you know, like at an earlier age than my brothers were. Um, and bringing up those conversations of like, hey, I'm responsible enough to take on this responsibility. You know, give me give me that bill. I'm going to pay for it on my own. Um, like, those are things I really push for because I value independence and I don't want to have anybody be able to say that they, that I owe them anything. So it's difficult for me actually to take help from a lot of people um because i want to do it on my own <laughs> and so um that can be really challenging and actually creates quite a lot of arguments with me and my parents because um you know i'm their i'm their youngest kid and i'm their only girl and so they you know it's hard for them to to let go and become true empty nesters um and my timeline in life is different from the timeline that maybe they expected for me to do things, right? So, I don't know. It's just, I personally just, you know, I'm like, I want this space in the fridge, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for my food. I want, um, so that we're not, like, eating each other's food because we pay for separate food, you know, um. If I get something where I'm like, I want to share this with you, I'll share it with them. But, like, for the most part, it's like, I don't, like, my dad doesn't really remember what he buys a lot of the time. So, um, we used to have a problem where he would use my food, and then I was like, dude, now I can't cook dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, I had to create this system and this boundary in the fridge of, Anything that's on this shelf and in this drawer is mine, you know, and it, it, I don't know. It was weird because it's, I don't know, from a very young age, I've, um, me and my brothers have always kind of treaded on sometimes being our parents' parents, um, because of like, uh, some mental illness and stuff that, you know, possibly could be present, um, with my parents but like um to be to be really raw and real um I have always grown up in a home that has a lot of clutter in it and too much stuff in like boxes and like there's always just like boxes of stuff everywhere and it drives me up a wall so the issue is that my parents have a lot of stuff and they take a lot of hand-me-downs um, from people. And I would call it, like, it's not hoarding like you see on those hoarder TV shows. It's, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, like, it's still a livable space. Um, and we've done a lot of work to keep that at bay. But... You can definitely tell in times of hardship. They struggle with getting rid of things. They struggle with having somebody give them something. If somebody offers them something, it's definitely coming home. They can't say no to an, to bringing an object home. 
mm-hmm. if it's free. So um, it's it's hard to keep it at bay, but I want to, as a child of people who have hoarding tendencies, like kind of speak to an awareness of the fact that it's not the anomaly that they try to make it out on TLC <laughs> mm-hmm. and those kinds of shows. It's really, it's really a mental illness. It's a, um, it's classified under anxiety. And that makes so much sense. Right. Because you're trying to, there's different types of, of hoarding um, and different reasons that people hoard, but it's, it's a sense of control that you have when you keep stuff. Um, and so, um, my, each of my parents have different types of hoarding. Um, my mom is more sentimental and my father is more, what they call like a chicken little hoarder. So like, what if the sky is falling? Like we want to prep, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know, like, I'm not mad that they keep a lot of the stuff, honestly, but the thing is that the issue always becomes, um, like, what's more important, the stuff or the relationships around you? Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, like, as a kid, I couldn't have friends over. It was massively embarrassing. We were always telling people, oh, yeah, we're getting ready for a garage sale. That's why there's a bunch of boxes in the front room. Um, mm-hmm. and that's, that's painful and, and can be really lonely for, for a kid to not be able to just have people over, um, without being massively embarrassed. <laughs> so I tend to go more towards the minimalist type of situation. And that is, um, you know, why I have had to set a lot of the boundaries that I've had to set with my parents. Um, and it, it can seem harsh. I think a lot of the times they, they think I'm being really cold to them, but the reality is it's for the better of our, like the betterment of our relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and my sanity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I, you know, I totally but, understand that, you know, like my parents are not that bad, not right. even close. Um, but they do have just lots and lots of stuff mm-hmm. um, in this house. And I sometimes think about how, like, I mean, they want to move somewhere. But, like, even if they move, they're still going to have a lot <sighs> of this stuff. And then someday I'm going to have to sort through the stuff. Yes. And I know it's going to be me because my sister is across an ocean. <laughs> so I'm going to be the one sorting through the stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. And... Like, that kind of gives me anxiety sometimes when I think about, like, all the stuff in the basement that we have. Mm. That one day I'm going to have to go through it all. Yep. And a lot of it I'm not gonna, even going to know what it is. Like, some of it belongs to my grandmother. Mm-hmm. But I don't even know what stuff belongs to my grandmother. Yeah. Um, and so it's just going to be, it's just a giant mess that is one day going to have to be addressed. A day is not today. But yeah, someday it will have to be dealt with. And yeah. And I wouldn't say my parents have a cluttering problem. I mean, our house is never clean. Um, mm-hmm. There is stuff everywhere, like little knickknacks and whatever, and our house is never clean. But whenever I would invite f- friends over and stuff, my mom would always be like, the house isn't clean. Yep. <laughs> you know, like... Um... 
And she'd be like, your room's not clean. I'm like, my friends don't care if my room's clean. Yeah. Like, I want to <laughs> I wanna just um, insert a clarity of definitions real quick. Um, mm-hmm. f- so for, for clean, um, that typically means um, things like dusting, washing, like actual like like mm-hmm. you know cleaning cleaning but like tidying is is getting rid of clutter okay um, i will have to and tidying is... it away so i think you mean tidying um i mean both um for the most um, part in, yeah like both like in, but in my like, house cleaning, but... yeah. yeah in my house cleaning refers to putting away s- stuff most of the time yeah typically yeah typically that's like the first thing that we do um is tidy the stuff away so that then you can clean <laughs> but when there's stuff everywhere it's hard to clean to actually do the, the washing and the, the yes. wiping and yeah the sweeping yeah <laughs> yeah our house like when my mom would say our house isn't clean it was the combination of the two it was stuff right. everywhere and stuff wasn't clean um yeah. like like um and whenever i say my room isn't clean i do i also mean both clutter everywhere and um also not clean D- um, dusting and vacuuming are like so tedious and i hate them both <laughs> i also hate them both but like it's kind of funny what you realize like when you move out and live in your own space like my roommate for example when i lived with my roommate my side of the room was almost always clean mm-hmm. um it would occasionally get dirty when i was busy and um stressed out about something but it was almost always immaculate and that was mostly because it was a small space and i didn't have a lot of stuff like when you have fewer things and you and like you have a small space, it being clean matters more. Yes. And you so you spend time doing it. And you actually worry about that. And so like I've discovered from living in a dorm with a roommate that like I also want less things in my life, just in general. Yes. Less items. <laughs> yeah, I I I really love, like many people do, the Marie Kondo thing of, like, I really want to love everything that's in my space. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it if I don't either love it or have a, an extreme use for it, then I don't need it. Um, and it can go out into the world and go find a new owner. Um, or I don't need to bring it into my space in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, having, having a smaller space definitely, um, limits what you find important enough to keep in your space. Um, Absolutely. because you get, I get claustrophobic personally, um, quite easily. So I like to have, like, I like cozy spaces, but I don't want them to be, um, too cozy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's a, there's a point where you have too much stuff in a space and it, encroaches on your personal um ability to enjoy the the space so yeah yeah, like i think that having a large house i think what a lot of people find out is as they settle down into a space they they collect a lot of stuff um and being more conscious of what you're bringing into the space and what you're keeping in the space more often makes it less overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but you're calling me out right now. I'm literally, I'm, I, I live in my childhood bedroom and I have so much stuff in here. 
that I really yeah. should deal with. <laughs> Just looking around at all of the knickknacks and the crafts and the stuffed animals. Right, but that's, <laughs> you know, that's a, um, that's an emotional process to get rid of stuff. Um, or to find a way to keep those memories without adding clutter to yourself. Like, um, you know, like taking, taking pictures of some things. Like, I have so much art from my childhood and from my teenhood. Like, I was in, you know, AP um, 3D art and I made tons of sculptures and, you know, I made tons of paintings in college and I, some of them I'm, you know, I've sold and some of them I've taken pictures of and they were broken. So I got rid of them, <laughs> you know, like there, so I don't know. It's, it can be, it can be challenging to, to let go of that stuff. And I think, um, the newer method that I've been hearing a lot about is um, Swedish death cleaning, which sounds <laughs> so intense, but it's, it's actually, it's the concept of um, kind of what you were talking about a little bit about the basement um, where you, um, you kind of come to terms with the fact that the stuff is not going to come with you in the afterlife. <laughs> um, or like once you, once you die, like the stuff stays on earth and it's, mm -hmm. it's then the problem of your, um, your loved ones, you know, and, and even, even if it's not death, it maybe it's just like moving to a retirement home or, you know, Mm -hmm. changes that happen with age um and so you don't want the stuff to fall needlessly on your loved ones and so really yeah. taking that into account while you're looking at your stuff going who the hell would want, <laughs> would want this kind of thing um yeah it's it's just difficult know. like like i'm gonna get a little bit personal here um with like some of the stuff that we just have that is sitting around we have three sets of china in this house mm -hmm. three um one from each set of my um one from each set of grandparents and then another one from a great-grandparent yeah we use one set the other two sets are in the basement <laughs> and i'm like okay why do we have two sets of china just sitting in boxes in the basement mm -hmm. like they're not being used i don't want them Nobody here wants them. Let's just get rid of them. Or yeah. or let's accept the fact that when we put them in the dishwasher, they're going to get ruined. But let's use them and put mm. them in the dishwasher. Because the one thing everybody hates about China is that you have to wash it by hand. Yeah. Um, like, it's just, ugh, it's it's so annoying to me that we that things like that happen. And I was about 14 when my one set of grandparents that was still alive that lived in New York uh, moved to a retirement home in Connecticut. And yeah. I just remember my mom and her brother, my uncle, going through my grandparents' stuff. And some of it still hasn't been gone through. And it's sitting at my uncle's house. In boxes yeah. still. Still! And my and my grandparents passed away years ago at this point. They were in a retirement home since 2014. Like, that stuff yeah. has been sitting at my uncle's house for seven years. <laughs> like, it, yeah. like, it needs to be dealt with, you know? Um, yeah. But that goes back to that goes back to it being a really emotional process. Like especially if it's somebody who a loved one who's passed away and it's their stuff and like there's a there's an emotional aspect to that where it's like 
you have to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt in the fact that that's really difficult to deal with for them possibly like mm-hmm. like yes it's been a it's been a decent amount of time since they've passed but um or even been in a retirement home but a lot of that is i don't know i think i've i haven't lost any of my parents thank god thank god you know like yeah mm-hmm. but i know that um from friends who have lost parents already um it's not really something that you just get over like there's certain deaths where you're like wow that really sucks that they're gone right mhm but your parents are kind of an a, another thing or there there's just certain people in your life who are just so special to you that you kind of can't I don't know. You just you don't actually get over them, right? Like it's like a it's like how yeah, like time will time will heal the wound, but you're going to have a scar, you know. And you're going to be reminded of that scar. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I don't want to I don't want to undersell like the emotional aspect of it. Like there right. is a huge emotional aspect, but to me I just come back to it and I think of like what got everybody into this mess. And like um because this is something that so many people deal with. Like, oh, my parents yes. passed away and now I have all of their things. Yep. And it just, it, it makes me wonder, like, how useful or useless, rather, family heirlooms are. I mean, some things are very special. And I don't want to, like, say that all family heirlooms suck. Because that's not true. <laughs> and some things hold yeah. deep meaning. Yeah, but, you're not like, actually being insensitive. <laughs> like, so I understand that some pieces hold deep meaning to people, and I don't want to be like, oh, all, all of your emotions that you have attached to this item are meaningless. Like, that's not true. But, mm. you know, I think to some of the pieces of furniture in this house um, that um, have been in my family for m- more than one generation, and I'm just like, I hate this couch. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hate it. You hate it. Why do we still have it? Um, you know, like, yeah. do we have it just because it was somebody else's? And is yeah. that a good enough reason? Right. Like, yeah, I would much rather keep something like um, my great grandma. Um, I was born on her birthday. I think it was like her 80th birthday I was born on. And so we always had that kind of fun thing of like, oh, we share a birthday, you know. <laughs> um, and so when I would visit her, um she would always make sure to give me a little um like birthday trinket um and she she collected um really really cool antique um salt and pepper shakers mm. and so i actually have a little set where they're like little japanese figures who are like playing instruments with each other oh interesting um, they're really cute, um, and so I keep those, and I put them, like, amongst my plants, um, <laughs> and and then I have a little angel that has, like, our birth month on it um, from her, and they're, they're really, like, old-fashioned kind of things, but that kind of stuff is kind of coming back in style, and I <laughs> actually don't mind trinkets as much as I used to. Um... And so, you know, there's things like that where I'm like, these are really special because they're from my great-grandmother who is no longer with us. And we shared a a special thing of, like, sharing our birthday. And, 
she was just a really awesome woman. Like, she made bombs in what the war <laughs> and stuff. Like, and she was, like, a single mom and, like, raised two boys on a farm and, like, worked overnight, like, to, to support her family. And she's just a really strong woman and, like, great example of being an empowered female figure. Um, mm-hmm. But, like... Yeah, like that's that's nothing about my about my stances on war. Just just to say that, but <laughs> but like I just think it's really cool that she did whatever she could to make sure that my grandfather and his brothers were taken care of, um, and she took that night job so that she could you know take care of her her kids, um, even mm-hmm. after her husband passed, um, and so it just I don't know. There's there's little things like that where I'm like, I'm going to keep that. But if it's, like, a huge piece of furniture that just doesn't fit in my in my life and I don't like it, why would I keep it? I'm Somebody else will love that so much and it'll get more love from somebody else, you know? Exactly. There's different categories of family heirlooms. And some of them are just, like, you don't, like, if you really think hard in your heart and soul, you probably don't need them. Right. And I and obviously it is connected to grief and sentimentality and it's not always easy to make those distinctions in your mind. Mm-hmm. But I I implore the people out there who are older that are listening to this, which is possible, maybe some of you are out there, to just think about the things that you leave behind to people. Mm-hmm. And just like try like try to make them feel not guilty about getting rid of your things. <laughs> Because that's yeah. part of it too, is that you that you feel like, oh my goodness, like this person gave this to me. Mm-hmm. You know, they must have cared about it a whole lot. I can't give it away. Right. Like, and that can be pre- that feeling can be prevented. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think this also, um, you know, goes into the idea that, um. As you grow older, you recognize that we're all just human. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, like our our parents are, um, you know, just as human as we are. And when we're kids, we we tend to idolize them and think like, oh, well, they they have everything together, or um, or like, well, what, once you're that age, like, don't you? why don't you know this at the age that you're at? But it's like everybody, everybody kind of comes to their own conclusions about things because we're human and we have, you know, like different experiences that contribute to the way that we see the world, you know? Um, Exactly. And so to bring it back to like lifestyle changes and things like that, like, it's all right to when you're an adult and you observe your parents to notice things that you don't like about the way that they live. Doesn't mean that they're bad necessarily. Just means right. that they're people. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think it's really important to um to just kind of give give everybody some grace um and some consideration for the fact that everybody's dealing with something of their own um you know and to not 
I don't know. If you're if you're if you're gonna critique someone's lifestyle, I think it should you should really check to see that it's coming from a place of of kindness for their well being instead of, of just pure judgment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know, I think that, that that goes for everybody across all all ages. All, like I think everybody could get better at this. <laughs> Um, myself included, of, like, you know, maybe we don't take, um, I don't know, like, we, we just let, we let our parents kind of figure things out and take advice from everybody at all, all stages of life, um, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. It go. It definitely goes both ways. Of like, like your parents can judge you for for certain choices <laughs> that you're making, um, and we judge them for things that they've done or are doing. Um, and I think our, I kind of think our schedules end up being a big source of that mm-hmm. tension <laughs> while you're living at home. You well, know? especially now with working from home. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, just the schedule thing. Like, both my parents get up early. Um, and go to bed early, and I feel like they touch me sometimes for my sleep schedule. Like, I tend mm-hmm. to I start work at eight forty five in the morning, so I roll out of bed around eight twenty, quickly shower, and then get ready for the day and sit down at my desk at eight forty five in the morning, and I go to bed around eleven twelve typically. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like they just like. Like at my sleep schedule, and are like, you should get up earlier and go to bed earlier instead of like right. being tired in the mornings. And I'm like, I'm not that mm-hmm. tired. I actually get like a full amount of sleep. It's just that it's not the same sleep that you get. Um, right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I I often get a burst of energy later in the evening, like. I, it's not that I don't call myself a morning person. Like, I I can be a morning person. I was very good at being a barista because of that. But I, I don't, um, I don't have the most energy in the morning. I tend to have the most energy between, like, three and, like, nine o'clock. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of the time, and so I tend to just kind of be somebody who slowly works up through the morning and then does a really big push before um, I go to bed. (laughs) Um, And so, but I can't really do that when my parents are, like, trying to go to bed because my dad works at, like, 4 a.m. Or he wakes up at 4 a.m. for his job. Um, So he wants everything to be quiet by, like, 8. Um. Mm -hmm. And so then that ends up being a thing where I'm like, oh, I'm just not motivated to clean the kitchen. Like, I anxiety clean the kitchen late at night. <laughs> That's what I like to do. But I can't, I can't yeah. do that when they need to sleep so early. <laughs> yeah, I also get desire to clean, at, like, really late <laughs> in the evenings. I don't know why. It just happens. And in college, this was great because my roommate and I would just both decide to clean at 11 o'clock and it wasn't a problem. Right. <laughs> But now it's like, I can't just pull out the vacuum at 11 o'clock at night <laughs> to vacuum. Right, right. Because <laughs> people are sleeping. 
yeah, so I don't know. It's it's hard. Um, oh, laundry is a mm. big part of the scheduling thing too. Um, Such a challenge because I know, like, my dad gets mad at me because I, um, <laughs> I'm not the best at um paying attention to my laundry. I kind of just let it sit sit sometimes for too long. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I really hate doing laundry. Um, but yeah, so like I'll let, I'll let it sit in the dryer. Um, and my dad's like, he texts me and he's like, move, please move laundry. And I'm like, you know, talking on discord or something with my friends and my phone is always, almost always on silent. Cause, um, like, like otherwise my phone notifications give me massive anxiety. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, I, I don't see that he's messaged me and so he's already like thrown my laundry on the couch or something and I'm just like excuse me (laughs) (laughs) at least put it in a basket (laughs) yeah Um, living in a (laughs) yeah living in a dorm situation you learn not to let your laundry sit um oh yeah I've grown out of that um, and like I, I, I'm big on checking my laundry. My laundry problem is that my mom does laundry every Sunday, uh-huh. without fail, and it basically takes over the laundry room for the entire day. Which means that if I want to do laundry, then I have to do it on Saturday. And Saturday mm-hmm. is my I don't want to do anything day. Um, yes, I don't want to do laundry. I don't want to like clean. I don't want to do anything on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so then like I start to be like, I need to do my laundry, and it's Sunday. So then I can't do my laundry because laundry was booked all day. So I end up doing my laundry in like weeknights, like late Mm -hmm. in the evening when I when no one else is doing laundry. And the other thing is that our laundry room is in our bathroom, and it has very limited hanging space. So um, if I leave my clothes up to hang, then there's like no space in the like so if i do it on saturday the day before my mom does laundry i have to move all my clothes out of the laundry room before she can do laundry that on sunday wow okay so i have to then instead of leaving them hanging in the in the laundry room i have to take them up to my room and put them on my laundry rack that i yeah. have um which is just more annoying it means i have wet laundry hanging in my room so it's just mm-hmm. laundry is a whole mess <laughs> um yeah for scheduling in this house i can imagine yeah, I just, I don't know, I just don't, I don't like having a laundry day. I like to kind of do my laundry as I need to do it, um, but that'll probably change as I um, get more into my work schedule. Like, I'm definitely going to be getting more on a Sunday schedule again um, and doing lots of meal prep and all of that because I don't want to be, um, you know, trying Taking all my lunch up, cooking. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, I'm probably going to get on a schedule again, and then I'm going to have to figure that out with my parents, and that's going to be annoying. But, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Um, and those are just kind of those things that, I don't know, you just kind of can't avoid in a family schedule. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, I don't know, it's frustrating, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll it'll be over soon, hopefully, for both of us, because we will be moving out sometime soon. Yes, yes. <laughs> and yes, I am teasing an episode. We are going to have a moving out episode, promise. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, we're probably, 
I think I think our plans are are probably about the same time, so that'll be fun. Yeah, so we'll eventually figure that out, and we'll take notes and tell you how it all goes. Um, it should be interesting. <laughs> but I think we're just about wrapped up on our conversation here, don't you think? I do. All right, well then let's transition into our silver lining slash fun stuff. So what has been making you happy, T? Well, so I got my new job, and then... Um, I also uh, dyed my hair brunette, <laughs> chocolate brown. I've been a blonde for a very long time. So, um, and then on top of that, I've been also redoing my Animal Crossing Island once again. So, <laughs> new hair, new job, new island. That <laughs> is me. <laughs> I love how this is this going to be the joke for 2021? Like, yes. new something, new something, new island. It's just yes. going to be <laughs> I, how we're going. I, do, I am, I'm like a phoenix. I just like, re, I, I'm reborn constantly, so probably. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe you're a brunette. Like, I still picture you as a blonde, so it's it's strange. Yeah, you, yeah you haven't seen me a whole lot. <laughs> With like, brunette hair, no. I haven't. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What's making you happy? Springtime! Sort of. Spring. Um, <laughs> like, up here in the Northeast, it is not really spring yet. We are occasionally getting some 50 degree days, but most of the time we're still in the 40s. But I'm getting sunshine, and when it is warm, I can go down to the beach and read books, and I'm just having a good time with it. And I can't wait for the weather to get warmer. Not yeah. too warm, though, because I don't really want the humidity to come back. Oh, yeah. I forget about humidity because I don't have it. <laughs> I mean, we do, but it's not, like, noticeable. No, no, it is not. It's not like it is over here. God. Um, but I'm looking forward to springtime and April and May weather and just enjoying the outdoors. I also want the leaves to come back out on the trees. They have not yet. Mm, yeah. The snow, yeah, the snow hasn't let, it, um, let, it, let anything really grow here yet, so... Yeah, no, it takes a while for the trees to come back here. I looked up and it's going to be like late April. I've still got like another <laughs> month to go um, before yeah. leaves come on the trees, but it's fine. Warm it's weather is coming. Fine. <laughs> well, thank you everybody for listening to this week's episode. You can find new episodes every other Tuesday wherever you get your podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, we can be found at, at guio.pod please subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps us out. We hope that you continue to listen to us talk about our lives and hopefully learn something about yourself too. And remember, growing up is overrated.